Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to uh, Star Trek MTT Megan's Top 20. And we're here with our sixth Megan's Top 20 episode. Yeah. And we've <laughs> cycled back around to Voyager, which is surprising. It's uh, surprising, but it was also, I just, I really liked, I wanted to have a goofy episode. Mm-hmm. And well, you followed up to uh, the Q episode that was kind of funny in the last one. Yeah. In uh, Next Generation. Yeah. But you want another lighthearted episode. I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek has plenty of them. And this is one of the better ones. Yep. Uh, it's Bride of Chaotica. The culmination, sort of, of the Captain Proton subplot that is going on throughout Voyager. Well, um, in that season, I think. Or no, the last two seasons. I think it was two seasons. Yeah, they, last two seasons. Uh, which is fine. I, that's that's deceiving. I mean, like season four and five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say honestly, and this is my honest opinion. I think that of all the re- the recurring holodeck stories from specifically Voyager. Well, any of them. Any of them, really. But Voyager in particular, Captain Proton was the best thing they ever did. I honestly mean that. I, yeah. I love a lot of the recurring st- uh, uh, online. Uh, I'm sorry, online holographic stuff they did. Yeah. I love Moriarty. It's one of the best villains they ever came up with in the show. Um, a part of me kind of enjoys the whole weird James Bond episode that they have in DS9. That one's actually pretty good. There's a yeah, couple of those. That might show up here. I'm not sure. We'll I, see. Uh, I, I'm not a huge... And it was recurring hol- in the background. Yeah. I'm not a huge holodeck goes wrong fan. fan. And there's a lot of them. And there's a lot of them. But there's a couple here and there that I like. Like I and like- unlike most of our fans... I'm sorry, I'll let you finish in just a second. Yeah. But unlike most of our fans, I want to finish this thought... I really liked, or most of the fans of Star Trek, I and you both really liked the uh, the recurring fairy tale education program they yeah. had for Ensign Wildman's kid in uh, Voyager. I and was shocked to find out that a lot of people fucking hate it. Yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I admit the episode where they use it most prominently, the one where Ensign Wildman's Mom. is possibly dead, yeah. well, and her daughter doesn't, they don't know if they should tell her daughter, is a pretty bad episode. Yeah. But the idea of using the holodeck as an immersive Disney-esque education program is, in my opinion, the most perfect thing you could ever but, do with yeah, it. Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> if they ever had, if they made a holodeck for real... It's like Sesame Street mixed with Disney musicals as an education program, and it worked brilliantly. It was like those... It was like they took those point-and-click adventures. We all grew up learning, like, the little ca- you purple car. It. You get yeah. to walk through it and actually talk to the purple car. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. Yeah. Putty, I think it, was his it's name. Putt-Putt, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, Putt-Putt. There you go. I only played it once when I was really young. Okay, uh, listen here. It's an I extended universe, man. He goes <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, it's like Putt-Putt or any of those other point-and-click adventures. Freddy... Fish. Yeah, or it mixed with like uh, Mr. Paperclip from, that used to educate you on how to use computers. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Mr. Paperclip is a fucking annoyance. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying it's like that yeah, plus yeah. the... Uh, it's educational, entertaining, and it's meant to help you, but it's living in that world with those creatures. They're yeah. just as real Makes to sense to me. Yeah, it was really great. I, I liked that idea, and I'm actually sad they only used it a couple of times and then got rid of it. Although I imagine the sets were really expensive. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're not talking about those. No. I'm sorry to have interrupted you, but you were talking about um, Holodeck Goes Wrong storylines and how there are several that you don't like. Yeah, most of the time it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it makes no sense and stuff. Yeah. But in this one, it's actually a lot of fun. It, it, yeah, this one, it, it works in a let's accept this kind of goofy premise. For those of you who don't know, 
Uh, Captain Proton, the concept in Voyager, is an obvious mashup of Flash Gordon with uh, Buck Rogers in the 23rd century, I think it was, <laughs> yeah. or 24th century, where if you have never seen either of those... <laughs> Um, excuse Megan's coughing. Sorry. If you have never seen either of those, you are missing out. Mm-hmm. At the very least, Flash Gordon, the movie, it was it was originally a comic strip, which is what yeah. this is more based on, but the movie is amazing. Yeah. It's one of the best so bad it's good movies ever made. Got a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's queen. <laughs> it's queen, man. Uh, it's amazing. We'll have to rewatch that sometime. It's been years since I've seen it. It was a great movie. <laughs> And then... Um, in all the wrong way. Yeah. And then Buck Rogers in the 24th Century was like the first attempt to do a sci-fi show as a television series. And... I think it was back when they actually used to project them on... Like, there weren't TVs. Like, it was on, like, the the the, 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 the reels. You would come back every week and see a different snippet of the story yeah. on a big movie screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and they used to do that with cartoons and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Before television was really Sounds weird, but in movie theaters, I, I took a... F- history of film class it's not like much i'm not an expert or anything but i learned that like they used to think that we didn't have attention spans so mm-hmm. they would either show movies either 10 minutes at a time or they and then later on they would put like cartoons and stuff instead of you know movie previews they yeah. would put cartoons and, and talkies and stuff like that before movies and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like that kind of thing yeah and uh captain proton was the first attempt to do a serialized sci-fi show. And I've actually seen a couple episodes. Not Captain Proton. Uh, Buck Rogers. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the, the special effects are really terrible. Like, And the stories make no sense. The one I saw was about two planets that were flying through space, constantly orbiting each other, and both had civilizations on them. Right. And they, the way they showed the planets was like two like styrofoam balls with like a little stick between them. And they would just twirl it. On a string. It was pretty bad. Um, uh, but both have their charms for their era. Yeah, and also, I'm, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet or not, but I'm also a huge fan of classic Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not the exact same thing, because British sci-fi was very different from American sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But Much more action-y in American sci-fi. Yeah. British sci-fi tends to be more cerebral. Yeah, but it, I enjoy it because mm-hmm. of, I enjoy stuff like that. I mm-hmm. love cheese. <laughs> So yeah, the uh, the the premise is that Captain Proton is that uh, Tom Paris says he's studying how ancient humans, or ancient by their standards, a couple of years before now, yeah, a couple decades before now, saw the future, which is kind of meta considering this is actually a show about how humans are viewing the future, and it's about this version of the future, <laughs> a very more much more serious, and definitely by and and scientifically accurate by its day version of the future, yeah. Versus what the 30s to the 50s thought the future would look like, yeah. and it's it's interesting. Um, so another show, another th- premise that did this kind of okay was uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, because yeah. all the design elements of Mass Effect Andromeda are very like the f- 40s and 50s version of what the future was going to look like. Yeah, which I, I don't hate that idea, honestly. That I mean, aesthetic, I don't know if it has a name, but it needs one. It's it's kind of a slight sci-fi art deco style. A lot of yeah. soft curves and light colors. I'm tired of the gritty future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tired of it. <laughs> Excuse me, I was actually thinking, <laughs> why the one thing they never did in Star Trek as a... Because as a, they've done several different genres of entertainment and hologram form. We had the, the Dixon Hill... 
uh, books, yeah. the, uh, the, the gritty detective books that Picard was into. And we got the Sherlock Holmes, of course. Sherlock Holmes. We did, of course, some sci-fi with this. We did some sci-fi. We do, did fantasy with uh, the kids' story. Yeah. The one thing they never did was like a Star Wars ripoff. Like, <laughs> seeing Star Trek characters react to a Star Wars universe. They even did an episode... <laughs> I in- have the Force here. Yeah. That's not real, buddy. <laughs> well, they even did uh, They even did an episode of Voyager where they used the hologram, the holodeck, to tell an alternate version story of the crew. <laughs> and you could... Where uh, they... The one where Seska comes back, the holographic version of Seska. Oh, where yeah. Where the Maquis crew ends up taking over the Voyager. Yeah. Uh, another, and of course, in the last Voyager episode we discussed, Living Witness, they actually did, it wasn't the Voyager holograms, but it was a different species using holograms to tell a basically mirror universe version of <laughs> yeah. the, hol- the the Voyager crew, where they're all ruffians and brigands and pirates. And assholes. Terrorists and monsters. It's actually kind of fun. Yeah. Um, we, but we discussed that one already. Yes. Um, this, although this is another episode, another connection this has with that is... Kate Mulgrew has a chance to really chew the scenery in this one, and you can tell she is relishing it. Like every She's got scene, the crazy ass costume. Yeah, my favorite is like looking at her do the the your fiendishly evil plan is so devious, and then she turns away from that person, and like, just does like does the face of God, this is like, stupid. She's like, oh my God, <laughs> but like at the end, she actually kind of starts enjoying it. Yeah. I swear, <laughs> who wouldn't? I would. Yeah. So if, if hologram, if holodecks were real, I'd want to play in something like this. Yeah. This sounds like fun. We'd have our own hollow suites if we could. I right. know. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and tell the story as it is. Um, the story starts off in the holodeck. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Tom Paris doing an episode of Captain Proton, where they're supposed to get to Chaotica's building through the the caves. Yeah. And on planet Planet X. Yeah, Planet X uh, involving uh, rescuing. Uh, Goodheart. <laughs> well, no, rescuing Goodheart, but also uh, Chaotica's harem. Yeah. Uh, which we never see in the episode. I want to give a shout out to the lady who plays Constance Goodheart. I'm going to come back to this later as to why they didn't use Seven. But in Constance Goodheart's actress is a woman named Jessica Turner who only ever acted in this show as Constance Goodheart. And all she does is scream. But props to her for her lungs. She has a very unique, iconic scream. <laughs> She would have done really well as a Scream Queen if she'd wanted to back in the, the 80s and 90s slasher films. Um, but Kat, uh, Constance Goodhart, who is Captain Proton, and what's Harry Kim's character's name? Do we remember? That I actually don't... I don't think they I said... Think they don't say it in this episode, but I know they say it in one of the episodes. Yeah, I can't I remember, like, uh, but in this episode... I think episode... he's like a variation of Bucky like to Captain America is yeah, the idea. Yeah, he's basically the sidekick. Like Plucky or something? Yes. I don't know. But yeah. in any event... Um, Harry Kim is his his sidekick, and the two of them are going to go rescue Constance Goodhart, who is their secretary. Yeah. Not exactly Captain. The 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 era of comics and future that they were aping from would not have been very progressive. No. So it's not the show being unprogressive; it's them commenting on the like, lack they of progressiveness. Slave girls. <laughs> yeah. Well, harem. They specifically call them harem. Uh, Harry Kim said slave girls. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I will say this. Um, one thing that bothered me is that Constance Goodhart, you can see her stomach. Like, her outfit is like a, a tube top yeah. over her boobs and then kind of a skirt uh, of the era. Yeah. And according to the rules of, like, the television around then, women weren't allowed to show their belly buttons. Men technically weren't either, but they rarely ever cared about that. Oh, uh, they did a doctor, uh, not Doctor Who. Uh, well, I Dream of Genie did it, but it was like, it was brazen breaking that rule when they did it. I think they did it in the original Star Trek, too. 
Yeah, well, they didn't really wear tube tops. There was that one episode with the robot lady, and she had, like, the weird-ass outfit, and True. you could see her belly, definitely. I'm just saying, it, it's if they were going for accuracy, she should have been wearing, like, a formal dress that showed off her curves. Which would have been funnier, considering that... The, here's what I was going to bring up later, but I'm going to bring it up now, because it's... Well, we'll get back to this moment in the story, but there's a moment where it seems like Chaotica's bride, uh, Arachnia, the Queen of the Spider People, is going to be Seven. But it turns out to be Captain Janeway. We'll come back to that moment. But the reason that they didn't choose Seven, I'm assuming, is because in an earlier episode when they did Captain Procon, they had Seven playing Constant Goodhart's character. Yeah. So the computer already recognized her as Constance Goodhart. Yes. And if the argument was supposed to be that Constant Goodhart is what a character like Seven would have been in if this show was made in the 40s, then having her wear like a skin-tight outfit that looked more formal but was still sexy would have been a funny comment on the fact that they had Seven wearing a sexy, skin-tight bodysuit. <laughs> uh, that's That would have been funnier, in my opinion. But it's one of those things that it's a minor complaint, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Chaotica has kidnapped Constance Goodhart. She, he's the damsel in distress. The boys have to save her. And then as they're walking through to the caves, uh, the ship, the actual ship, Voyager, gets shook and, and stopped dead in space. stops in space. And then they look up and see these tears, these purplish, pinkish tears in the, in the holodeck projections. Yeah. And they go back to their, um, their ship and they use the instruments to look at them and they can't really make out what they are. And meanwhile, on the bridge, they don't really know what to... What the hell's going on. What the hell's going on. They keep trying to break free using the impulse engines, the warp engines, the thrusters. Overload, that kind of stuff. Just the basics of setting up the problem of the week. Yeah. And uh, while they're... they, They use... Harry and Tom hack into the computer system using the interface on their their proton ship. Yeah. And they site-to-site transport. And it's one of the few times they do a site-to-site transport where the person arriving on the other end is in the exact same pose they were when they left. Because yeah. usually they have people stand so that when they're transported, so that way they always look like they're going to be. But it, it's, 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 it's hard to get that accurate, that transfer accurate, to remember to do that. Yeah. So the fact that Harry Kim is leaning down and looking in the, the, the eyepiece and that Tom is bent over pushing buttons and then when they transport into the hallway they're wearing they're in the exact same positions is a nice little nod. Yeah. It's, it's a rarity they did that. The reason they always have them stand at attention whenever they're transported is because it's easier to remember to do that. It's easier to film to, and... To get that accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so the, uh, the, the story is they, they go into the briefing room and they discuss the problem. The problem is the... Oh, no, not the briefing room. The astrometrics lab. They're stuck in a layer of subspace that is intersected with regular space. Yeah. And they can't get out of it. And most of the main computer is down. Most of the interface systems, including the holodeck, are down. Most of the replicators are down. Yeah. So the only option they have is to shut down everything and then use thrusters to try to push themselves out. Which apparently had worked in the past for Captain Janeway back when she was a science officer. Of the Albatani, I believe was the name of the ship? Something like that. I think there's a, a series of books with her referencing her being a science officer in the Albatani. It's one of those things that was an offhanded statement. Much like Captain McCard's first ship being the... Stargazer. The Stargazer. And then there's an entire line of books referencing it. Yeah. Like about that. Uh, there's some, I think, involving her there. It also kind of reminded me of that the Samaritan snare, I believe, or what? No, not the Samaritan snare. The the uh, the booby trap, where the Enterprise in Next Generation is trapped. Yeah, it's trapped by. They're looking into that old ancient ship. 
yeah. uh, from another species that had killed themselves in a war. Yeah. And they try to get to it, and it turns out that the, the devices that hold them, the energy-draining devices, are still active, so they attack the Enterprise. And the Enterprise's option is to shut down everything and then use thruster, one last thruster blast or impulse blast to get them out on centrifugal force. It's similar. Yeah. It doesn't work in Voyager, but I thought that was a nice reference to that, because I love yeah. the trap. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the, the story continues with um, you know, things getting worse and worse. This is my least favorite scene in the entire movie, or the entire episode, is when yeah. they're in the lunchroom, and Neelix is trying to hand out what looks like seaweed as it food. It's disgusting. But he's like, it's, only, it's okay, it's only three meals a day at least. That's kind of funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Janeway comes in and says, coffee, black. And he's like, I can't do that for you. Listen to me. Coffee, black. And it bothers the crap out of me because her entire crew is suffering right now and she demands because she's captain to have coffee. Mm -hmm. I get that she's under stress. I get that she needs the boost. I don't care. She's the captain. She should set a good example. There's even another episode where something similar happens where he wants, she wants coffee or tea or something. And Neelix says, you have to set a good example for the crew, Captain. You have to eat what's provided because we don't have enough energy to be replicating all the time. Yeah. And she bows to his, uh, his wisdom in that episode, but not this one. And then the really annoying thing is after he replicates the coffee for her, which she could have just done that. Yeah. He <laughs> could have gone over and said, coffee, black, and the replicator. Why did Neelix have to do it? Uh, he, she go, he goes, uh, Captain, I have some coffee first. And then she takes a sip of her coffee and then breathes in for a second and then goes to what Neelix is complaining about, which yeah. is apparently they're down to just three replicators now from six, and, and they only have two working sonic showers in the whole in the whole ship. Yeah, that's like three sonic showers and like four bathrooms. Yeah, <laughs> it's, so it's it's beginning an issue. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they start doing some scans, and they realize that there's an energy discharges in the holodeck which is odd because a holodeck program is not supposed to run if there's no one there to activate it and yeah. meanwhile and this has been happening while the crew is dealing with this two people that look like humans from in 1950s garb which i always wondered if that was actually what they normally dress as in their era or in their own realm or if it's a coincidence that this show was that the show that this I feel is based like maybe on. Maybe they scanned what they were supposed to be wearing. What and, the average civilian would yeah, wear. Yeah, what that the year. average civilian would wear. It would. It, it seems odd though because they don't dress like any of Chaotica's guards. They're dressing like nineteen fifties normal nineteen thirties normal people. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind it. I like that aesthetic. Yeah. But I'm just saying, and, and you know, shout outs to what an actual fedora is supposed to look like. They have long brims, people. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I don't care what Justin Timberlake tells you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nice appearance. But uh, apparently there's an entire subspace, another dimension, that has photonic life forms. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they have never heard of biochemical life forms like us. No. And when they transported, they used the subspace fissures, those purple-pink things, to jump into what they think is another reality with a, live, with a planet to live on, which is Chaotica's planet, Planet X. Yeah. But in reality, they don't know that there's actually a spaceship that is projecting this. They don't know this is a story that they're interacting with. Yeah, this is just a, a ghost, basically. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And because not the computer real. recognizes them as holographic characters, even though they are AI, basically, yeah. he does... It, it, the weapons in Chaotica's universe are well, deadly actually, to them. Hurtly. Yeah, so uh, Chaotica's man Lungzak uh, grabs um, grabs a couple of these guys, uh, only one of which talks. There, there's a 
it's one of those, I'm going to share something with our audience and with you that I've only ever noticed after someone pointed it out to me. They don't talk in this scene. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yeah, we just watched it. I know. They don't both talk. Yes, I they promise do. you. We'll go back and watch it after we're done with this, but I swear to God they don't both we can't, talk. We don't have time to watch it after this. We will, time will not end when you go to work. <laughs> we can do it tomorrow. But the point I'm getting at is um, they, they don't both talk, and there's a reason for that. If you have ever watched a show where someone runs in and whispers something into a lead character's ear, and then the lead character says what that person said, even though they should just the person should have just said it themselves, it's because there's actually a rule in SAG that if you have lines on camera, your pay has to go up. Yeah, I know that. So there's only ever... So in this scenario, the guy that gets shot and disintegrated doesn't say anything because if he said anything, he would then be declared an actor and get and be eligible for more pay. <laughs> so the only guy that talks is the other guy. <laughs> um, at least at least in the scene with uh, Chaotica and, um, and Lunzak where they kill one of them because I watched to see if the other one said anything. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure in the previous scene when Lunzak crabs him, they, the other guy doesn't say anything. Because if they were going to do that, what you would think they would do, just to make you feel more sympathy for the holographic characters, if they, if they both could talk, if they didn't mind paying them both as actors, yeah. they would have the other guy say something so you feel bad when he dies. <laughs> um, as it is, he, you don't feel much of anything because they just feel like holographic oh, no, characters. Oh, not that holographic, dude. Yeah. So uh, the, the next thing that happens is the, the, the ship scans... Okay, Chaotica declares war on what he thinks are uh, enemies from the fifth dimension. Yeah. Which is apparently a storyline that was supposed to happen many chapters after this. I think they're in chapter, what, seven? Oh, no, 18. 18? Yeah. In chapter 18? Okay. And the story wasn't supposed to wrap up for many more chapters. Yes. But the, 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 the aliens showing up Disrupt and declared, it. Yeah, declaring themselves from another dimension, it immediately jumped to the storyline where it's Chaotica versus the creatures from the uh, fifth, fifth dimension. dimension. So uh, the bridge crew detects the weapons fire. And Tom and Tuvok go down there. Now, in order, this entire time, Chaotica has been trying to recruit Queen Arachnia, the, the, the queen of the spider people, to his side in his war against Earth and now the, the people from the fifth dimension. And he offers Constance Goodhart as a sacrifice. sacrifice to her, basically, to get her on his side. And he sends uh, the devil, Satan's robot, several of his minions, and Constance <laughs> Goodhart. We'll get to the devil's robot, or Satan's robot, in a minute. But when Tuvok and Tom show back up, they find Constance Goodhart dead. Now, she's a holographic character, so don't feel too bad for her. She's not real, so she's not actually dead. Yeah. She was never alive. Yeah, she's not like the holographic people from the fifth dimension, who are actually a people who just happen to be holographic. Yeah. Or, and she's not like the Doctor, where she ever achieves sentience. She's just a prop. Yeah. She's no more real than uh, the phasers are on Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, but... The fact of the matter is, this program is based on a show from the 1930s, and good people never died in the no. 1930s, especially the women. No. You know, women were always going to be protected in those shows. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she's dead means something has gone terribly wrong with the program. Yeah. And that's when they hear, Ninjas from the fifth dimension. <laughs> and it turns <laughs> out that Satan's robot is still functioning, although badly damaged. So... Uh, Tuvok and Paris repair him enough to get him to answer some questions. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and he, he starts going, the fifth dimension, the fifth dimension. It's really <laughs> funny. I, I gotta say, I, he, 
I wish to God they could have found an excuse to bring Satan's robot back as a regular. Because I loved his character so much in this. He's so stupid. He's so stupid and sweet. He's like if Crunk was a beer can. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I want to cosplay Satan's robot someday. I really do. And I feel like I could do it cheaply. (laughs) It's not a very in-depth costume. No. Uh, But anyway. uh, If they could do it in the 1930s. Yeah. They really wouldn't take much. It just a couple... all you need is like those like. I need cardboard uh, and a uh, drum and uh, the 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 ends on uh, the dryer. Yeah, the, that's what I was gonna say. And, yeah, that's all you need for the arms and the legs. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it'd be great. I, I, I'd even try to put shoe it boxes like a, for your feet. I even try to like install a door that you can open, and inside would be those transistors that you saw on, when they opened them up. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But I love Satan's robot. But he, he uh, I guess out of a feeling of gratitude, because he does identify Tom Paris as Captain Proton, so yeah. there's they should be natural enemies, but I guess out of gratitude for the fact that he repaired he start, him. He starts following him around. Yeah, he stuff. basically becomes like his puppy. <laughs> they keep following him, which is great. Yeah. Or he keeps following them. He leads them to what he perceives as, the, the Satan's robot perceives as the break in the fifth dimension, which is the portals we saw earlier. Yeah. And they actually see weapons fire coming out of it from that dimension. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and Captain... see the death rays fire. Well, that comes in a second. Uh, yeah. Tom Paris says, I want to go check out the my ship to see what its see sensor says. See if it can scan, you know? Yeah. And then while they're doing that, uh, Seven of Nine and and uh, Harry have used the holographic interface to look at what's happening, and they see the death ray being fired at the the fissures. Yeah. And so uh, while they're doing that, they cut to Chaotica in the in his throne room, and you know I I've been holding off on saying it, but I I gotta say the actor playing Chaotica. You could tell he was loving it. He had like, so much fun. He had so much fun with that role. He got to be over the top and hammy in every scene. And it's something that you can tell. He feels like an actor that was probably a stage actor yeah. that actually had to project like like layered. And now he can just be balls to the wall evil and he <laughs> freaking loves it. And he's it's, ba- a, it's a role you don't get often nowadays, no, honestly. No, he's basically playing Ming the Mer- Merciless from the... The comics Flash Gordon, but a better performance of it is the movie, uh, <laughs> Flash Gordon movie. It's it's so great. Uh, so he's still begging for you know Queen Arachne to show up, and then we go back to Tom and Tuvok and Satan's robot now <laughs> in his uh, his ship, where it turns out he's been getting like information where the planet Earth is requesting Captain Proton uh, attack. Um, uh, Chaotica while he's distracted fighting the creatures from the fifth dimension. Yeah. They have a ticker tape thing, like with the, the tickers they used to have to tell you with the stock market in the old movies. Yeah. Uh, which Megan's like, we saw something like that not too long ago. Yeah. In, do- in a Doctor Who episode, The Mind Robber, there's actually exact same thing in yeah. one of the episodes. <laughs> it was like what the, it was like pre-texting machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of what it was. Yeah. So uh, the, 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 while they're doing this, while they're checking things out, the um, the guy from earlier, from the fifth dimension, yeah. who didn't die, wanders into their, their spaceship. And they try to explain that this is a holographic projection, this is not real, we're real, but they're, the alien's technology can literally can't detect them because they're biological. And meanwhile, Satan's robot does this really funny thing with like, intruder, intruder, and then Tom like cold cocks him in the face and he he's goes, like, shut up. And he's like quiet and he's like, intruder. <laughs> he goes and walks over and dejected, it's great. And then uh, he tries attacking again after the conversation goes 
kind of bad. Yeah, because the guy can't detect him. He, yeah, he can only detect real. Satan's robot. He thinks that they're, a, they're an illusion yeah. by Chaotica, especially since they're standing next to Satan's robot that they probably know is a weapon of Chaotica. Yeah. And then um, Chaotica's robot attacks, and then he gets shot, and the guy runs away. Chaotica's robot knocks out uh, the thing out of the guy's hand, and then he runs away. And then he's lay, the robot's Help laying me. there. Yeah, <laughs> repair needed. Please. Help me. It's so it doesn't like, even say please, but it's yeah. in his voice. Yeah, it's like, help, help. <laughs> it's like they just had Tuvok and Tom just look at each other and walk away. It's hilarious. <laughs> but they must have eventually repaired him because he's still hanging around. Yeah. Um, uh, so they have a meeting in the briefing room where they are discussing what they should do. And, and Tom is, is... This is one of those times where a man delivering stupid line straight works really well yeah he's like okay so they've gone to war with these holographic people yes his against chaotica's army yes ma'am his yes, army of evil, evil. <laughs> and then uh he's supposed he's waiting for queen arachnia's help ma'am queen of the spider people <laughs> it's really funny yeah uh, and watching all the actors, okay, the actors in the scene are Kate Mulgrew, uh, the Tom Paris actor, Duncan McNeil, I think, yes. and then the guy who plays Chakotay, Robert Beltran, uh, Tuvok, uh, Tim Russ, and Nine, uh, played by... Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. And uh, you forgot... Um... No, those are the only people in the room. Oh, okay. Kim's in there, too. Yeah, I, I was about to say. Henson Kim's in there, too. My apologies to the actor. Uh, but amazing, yeah. But the uh, the thing, yes. But the thing is, the thing is that in the scene, um, looking at all the actors, like Robert Beltran literally starts laughing at part of the during one of the scenes when Thomas tried to explain the situation to Tuvok, and then Tuvok's expression throughout all of it is like he just can't believe how stupid this all is, but he has to engage in it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the, this this briefing, Tom basically pitches that what we should do is try to end the program, but we can't do we can't end it by just shutting it down. No. Because the computer's jammed. But we can end it by ending the story early by defeating Chaotica. Yeah. Which means we Basically have... Basically playing along with it, which was, yeah. which is something we've seen a couple times in these holodeck gone wrong. Yeah, fin finish the story early and it will be over. Yeah. And uh, so if Chaotica's defeated, the story's finished and we get to move on with our lives. Uh, but the only way to do that is to shut down his lightning shield, a force field. And the only person that can do that in the story is Queen Arachnia, Queen of the Spider People. And they need someone to play her. And then this is the moment where Janeway goes, oh, I wonder who you have in mind for that. And he, she looks over at Seven of Nine, implying that she assumes Seven's going to be it. But this is where I think my head logic is that the reason Tom didn't want to risk using Seven is that the computer already recognizes her as having played Constance Goodhart. And even though Constance Goodhart is dead, it still might misinterpret her as Constance Goodhart pretending to be Queen Arachnia and Chaotica might catch on to that. So they yeah. need a fresh body basically, yeah. in this, this role. So he looks at Janeway when she looks back and goes, no, 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 no. And he goes, it's not that bad. I can I can explain all you got to know, I promise. And it, she goes, finally she relents and goes, I'm a size four. <laughs> <laughs> Which Megan was like, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> if she's a size four, then I am too. <laughs> so we, uh, we then cut to one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Trek where they're walking down the hallway and Tom is trying to explain what the role she's going to have to be in is. 
And you, know, you should use words like your fiendishly evil plan is diabolical. And he likes to be called sire. And and she and he goes, oh, and this is your costume. And looking at Kate Mulgrew's expression like, is great. She looks fuck? at it. Yeah, she looks at it and kind of glances at it. Then she looks back and her eyes get huge. <laughs> like, what? It's it's good. It's good character acting. It really right is. There. And then uh, my fa- one of my favorite lines of ever is uttered by Tom Paris. He goes, if anything goes wrong, just uncork the pheromones. Which sounds like the greatest euphemism in history for something. She's like, what? And he's like, no, it's like a perfume bottle. Yeah, it's a perfume bottle that she sent to Chaotica. Uh, in in like chapter, chapter three. Chapter three. No, 16. Chapter 16? Okay, well, whatever. Shed 15 it. or 16. She sent it earlier, and apparently it's what allows her to basically influence him. That, that's caused yeah. him to fall in love with her. Because he literally has... Chaotica literally says when he first sees Arachnia that it's fine. We finally met, my queen. So they never actually met before this, even though he's in desperate love with her. I know. So the implication is that her perfume bottle's been doing all the work <laughs> until now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So we get to uh, the scene where Kate Mulgrew gets to dress as Arachnia. And, oh, uh, meanwhile, they've recruited the Doctor, who is photonic, to play the president of Earth. Yes. And he has a great scene where he has to deliver... You can tell that... that we have a common enemy. Yeah, he's, he's trying to recruit the holographic uh, people to shut down their weapons temporarily so Captain Procron can attack. Yes. And it's, it's really fun because you can tell... That, that um, oh God, what's his Robert name? Picardo. Robert Picardo is loving being able to play this because it's not quite over the top, no. but the lines are it's like, well, thanks to one man, Captain Proton. Like, he starts complimenting him, but he's like, don't tell him I said yeah, that. Yeah, really funny. Like, he says he's kind of competent medicine. I could be completely wrong about this, but I believe in one of the books they actually, the, the character that the Doctor is playing is the President of Earth. Yeah. And I could be completely wrong about this, but I do think in one of the books set like 50 years after the end of um, Nemesis or, or no. Voyager... They actually have elected the Doctor as the President of Earth. That like would he, be so great. <laughs> he actually is the new President of Earth. They only have, like, so many years in office. Yeah. And he's only been, like, they have term limits, I think. Similar yeah. to America. But they, um, they, I think that actually is something they did. I don't know if it was a reference to this episode or just because they thought that was an interesting direction to take his character. But if it's a reference to this episode, props to them. Again, I could be wrong. I don't think I've read this book personally. I just remember reading it as trivia somewhere. That'd be funny, though. If not, it needs to be in one of the books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about what a possible series would be. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remembered that... Uh... Picard is what we got now. Be sad. Be very sad. Don't hurt me like this. <laughs> Don't hurt me like this. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, uh... So Janeway is trying, okay, props to the actress because it is hard to play over the top and bad acting at the same time intentionally because she's over the top playing it, but she's also constantly focused on getting, I don't that, know why I said focused that way. <laughs> He's got a focus more often. <laughs> I'm constantly focused on getting the lightning shield turned off to the point that it actually makes Chaotica, who is not a smart character, notice it. Yeah. And he literally says, I will lower the lightning shield only if you agree to be my queen. No, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> And uh, meanwhile, we got our team of Harry, uh, Tom, uh, Satan's robot, and the Doctor as the president of Earth on Captain Proton's ship attacking the uh, 
Chaotica's lair. Yeah, get ready to, at least. <laughs> and eventually, uh, Janeway gets captured. Uh, she gets placed in uh, uh, the confinement rings. Yeah. Uh, which was a nice setup earlier, where, where Tom's like, you know, you gotta yeah, be careful. Yeah, but they can still confine you. Yeah, it's a great line, because most of the time when the holodeck goes wrong, they conveniently turn off the, the safety protocols. Where in this case, it's not the safety protocols are are off. They're still on. The problem that she literally gets a shot in the chest that doesn't affect her. She's like, ha, you're no match for the for the, the queen, queen of, the, of the spider people. The queen of the spider people. But apparently you can still restrain somebody in yeah. this universe, even in the holodeck when the safety protocols are on, and she needs to be near the lightning shield to turn it off. Yeah. So um, she eventually uncorks the pheromones and ends up enticing Lunzak, the dumb second to Chaotica. Who's also having just as much fun. Oh yeah, that actor's having a lot of fun. I've seen him pop up here and there in a lot of movies Your and TV shows. Your beauty is maddening. Yeah. <laughs> Usually he pops up as kind of like a, a under th- an under underling underling thug to a, a big main power in a movie or TV show, and that's the same part he's playing here. But he usually doesn't get that many lines. And this one he gets a crack ton, and he's loving it. Yes. Who um, thought I perished in the <laughs> in the cave of crocodiles? But I survived. And, ooh, he gets shot. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so he uh, he lets uh, Janeway slash uh, Arachnia loose. Yeah. Arachnia grabs a, a laser, shoots the rest of Chaotica's guards, tells him to turn off the lightning shield. And he does a, we could rule together, my queen. Like, we're we not doing that. We could rule the galaxy like, together. And it's hilarious because at, out of out of universe in that universe, in, in the Proton universe, in the, in the Star Trek universe, yeah. the idea that Jayla would be in any way enticed to spend the rest of her life on the holodeck with this crazed mon- madman is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but, so she threatens him. He turns off the lightning shield. She shoots him. And then she goes over to use the microphone to call Captain Proton. Captain Proton dives in, fires, and while conveniently Chaotica is holding on to his death ray, yeah. and the electrical beam like shocks him, so he has like one of the, the most over the top deaths ever, yeah. which is just fun. Yeah. And then we have a uh, finale, a denouement, where uh, they they basically he says, "I will never really die. I'll be back. I promise you." Like he does his dramatic dying. Thing. Dying. And the entire. Speech. And my thing is that my favorite thing is that Satan's robot is still following them around. Yeah. He's still in this scene for no reason. He doesn't say anything. He's just there. He's just there. And then they and watch the television. It says the end. And then you hear maniacal laughter and a question mark pops yeah. up. And I'm like, oh my god, that's so accurate. <laughs> it's so fun. It was a great moment <laughs> to end it on. Now, this is one of those situations where if you actually stop and think about it, it is one of the more tragic ones because the holographic people were just explorers like the Voyager crew and they're being slaughtered because Voyager's crew decided to have a game go. Like, they're being killed. And, like, that's not funny. And there's also a line where Chaotica's like, I would never kill my bride, not till after the wedding night. And Megan's like, the implications that he's going to marry her and take her, her lands and her people. And but, kill her, yeah. But, yeah, but the, the unfortunate implication of mentioning wedding night implies he's going to force himself on her, too. Uh, so, yeah. I, I know how old television works. I know what work they were. Yeah, I know what they were implying, but that's not what necessarily it comes across as. Uh, but otherwise, this this is one of the best episodes of Voyager ever. Now, I actually saw it when it aired. This is one of the episodes Mom and I laughed our asses off watching. I remember <laughs> us having so much fun with this episode. I actually remember Dad, my father, not watching this episode. Maybe he was working that night. But me and Mom were just enjoying it. 
And it's one of the ones we love. Whenever I get back around to it, I always make a point to rewatch this one. Mm. But Megan, why don't you lay down why you chose it and what you thought of it when you first saw it a couple years ago? Okay, I think we've actually watched this one together because uh, mm-hmm. I think there's like a couple more episodes before this that are pretty okay. Maybe. I think. Let me check. But um, there's some bad ones around it too. But I remember us watching it and. Um, <laughs> Gosh, I'm actually trying to remember completely. It's been a while. But I remember watching it and ha- having a hell of a lot of fun because I just I enjoyed the co- the entire last... Uh, during the last season and during this one, there's not a lot of Captain Proton episodes, but it was a lot of fun every time I saw it because it's just... I enjoy cheesy old television shows like that. And it's just like, it was fun to see the black the crew in black and white and stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. That's why I enjoyed it. That's why it's one of my favorites, <laughs> honestly. It's just a fun romp, and it's a one-off episode, but it's, it's a good one-off episode. I'm like, you know threshold <laughs> there's uh, a couple episodes before this there's the episode um nothing human which is the one where they they discuss uh using uh the cardassian information oh yeah that, that's a good to one. save balana from that parasite that's a good one it's it's depressing and, it's and then really there's good. the 30 days one where tom is in confinement for 30 days for trying to save the water planet which is okay uh, I, I think it was a little too late in his character development honestly yeah and then, um, like, right around this one, they do Bliss, which is the one with the, the, the telepathic picture plant. They do Gravity, the one where they're stuck on that one planet that time moves faster, so Tuvok and Tom meet that local, that girl that has been trapped there for years, and Tuvok kind of, her, kind of have a relationship thing. I don't remember that. <laughs> it's a pretty good episode. But, yeah, um, overall... Uh, Latent Image, the one where the doctor realizes that he's done surgery on uh, Ensign Kim and he remembers that girl he didn't save and it kind of drives him crazy. Uh, it's it, There's a couple of okay episodes around it, but Bride of Chaotica definitely stands out. A lot yeah, of Voyager it, stories have better ideas and they do execution. Yeah, this one had had good execution. I mean, there was a few like bumps in it, but like mm-hmm. nothing too noticeable. And as you notice, I I picked another episode that didn't have an A B plot. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even realize it. Until I was actually going to comment. Watching it. Yeah, I was actually going to comment that the pseudo B plot is what's happening with the crew trying to deal with this fallout. But it's completely connected. So I know, I know. But I'm going to yeah. say the thing that really bothers bothered me is that right before the end when uh, Captain Proton's ship is shot while and Janeway's been captured during in the confinement rings they cut back to the bridge and have Balana say the aliens are increasing their de- they're firing on on this uh, hologram deck we have to we're being pulled further into subspace you didn't need that you no. didn't need that you didn't Not need the ship in greater threat we like, already knew the ship was in threat. And don't the, need the, to the honest threat of this should be about the stopping the innocent exploring holographic people from being wiped out by a fucking fictional character. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, need, that, is the, that is the point that needed to be driven They're by. like, the poor Voyager crew. I'm like, I don't give a shit about the Voyager <laughs> crew right now. No, it should have honestly just been they were stuck in one place. That was a big enough problem. They didn't need to be losing power everywhere. No. And they didn't need, um, they didn't need the ship being pulled further into subspace. They could just have done what they did. Yeah. Uh, a couple of bits of trivia. Uh, Satan's Robot is actually played by an actor who shows up a lot in Voyager. He actually only has five, in Star Trek in general, actually. He only has five or seven acting credits, and four of them are for Star Trek shows yeah. and games. Uh, he was char- He's a character uh, normally that he plays called Lieutenant Ayala. The, the actor's name is Tarek Ergen. 
And the funny thing about Tarek Ergen is that uh, he, Lieutenant Ayala is the guy that, if you watch the first episode, The Pilot of Voyager, there's a moment where Chakotay, after they get back from the Caretaker's Array, yeah. transports with Tuvok and another crew member onto Voyager mm -hmm. to have a conversation with Janeway. The other crew member, that's Lieutenant Ayala. And he pops up a lot in Voyager, many episodes. And in this one, he plays Satan's Robot, and he did a great job with it. Because yeah. I know that Satan's Robot does talk, but that's not him talking. It's all physical acting for him. Uh, number two, uh, apparently the reason there's so few scenes on the bridge of the ship, there's only the one at the opening and then the one I just mentioned where they say they're being pulled further into subspace, yeah. is because Deck 1 set had gotten uh, hit with a bunch of water and they were waiting for it to dry out so they could repair it. Yeah. So they rewrote the script so it happens in the other scenes they have are like in the ready room and in the... Yeah, the, uh, which I think works to its advantage, really, mm -hmm. honestly. We didn't need more bridge stuff Stuff when it should have been mostly in the holodeck. Yep, and the other thing I want to comment is that Tom mentions that he's never going to play Chaotica or this, ro this story ever again. Which is sad. Which is sad, because they do basically drop it. However, in the episode Shattered, they do bring Chaotica and Lunzak, or the Satan Satan's robot, back. Yeah. Uh, this is the episode where Voyager is split into different time periods, yeah. which makes no sense that they would be do that. That would how time travel would work because Voyager's been moving through the Delta Quadrant the whole time. But well, what the fuck ever. <laughs> what the fuck ever. Uh, it still works. It's one of my favorite episodes, honestly, of the show. Yeah. And in Shattered, they meet Chaotica, uh, Janeway, and uh, Chakotay, and Chaotica mentions. This encounter with Chaotica earlier. You betrayed me, but you came back, Chaotica. Or uh, Arachnia. Yeah. Which means that either Tom lied, Tom or Harry lied about never playing this thing again. We just never got to see it on camera. Or the computer chose to activate that program again while the ship was stuck in time and set it after the events of this episode. Yeah. Which is just set the time period of the game, of the story, which is weird. <laughs> uh, in any event, I was happy to see Chaotica again. He, I'm glad he got a little... Um, Shattered is kind of uh, one of the last send-offs for the crew. It's when they knew the show was ending. Yeah. So they, they call back to a lot of what are their better and worse episodes of earlier in the show. <laughs> which is nice. Um, anyway, overall, I love Bride of Chaotica. It's a nice, fun, fairly lighthearted story. And yeah. it's it's told with the same tongue-in-cheek humor you would have. Uh, it, it's told on a it's level... It's like the Q Robin Hood episode, honestly. Yeah, it, it's told in a way that you need to understand it. Yeah. Like, like, you need to understand this is not going to take itself very seriously. Mm -hmm. And if you don't face it being taking itself too seriously, it works much better. Yeah. It's actually one of the reasons why I wish they didn't have the bridge stuff going on, because it's harder... I, that forces me to take it more seriously... Than I yeah, think it, it needs does, to be. It does like break the pacing a little bit. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm, I forgive it overall because. Oh yeah, it's still what good. They, what we do have is so much. Fun. I know. It has some of the most quotable lines of any show ever. I love some of the lines in the show, and Satan's Robot will always be one and of my I'm favorite. And I'm sad characters. I've never seen any cosplay for that specific. If episode, I do, Satan, if I manage to cosplay Satan's Robot, you have got to cosplay Arachnia. That sounds uh, like fun. <laughs> that would be a hilarious, hilarious cosplay to do. Maybe we can get um, maybe we can get either John or uh, Tony to cosplay Captain Proton. <laughs> that would be so good. And then uh, the uh, if the other one wanted to do it, he could do um, uh, Kim's character. I can't believe we can't remember his character. Neither can I. And either Casey or um, uh, Brittany should do Constance Goodhart. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And then we could get Stefan to do Chaotica. <laughs> 
would be great. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Please let us do that. Let us get enough money together to do that. That would be awesome. It would be. I don't know if they would be willing to do it because they're not all Star Trek fans. No, but not really. I would show, we'd show them the episode. I'm sure they would love it. Yeah, at least love that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's got the same kind of tone as a Q episode where you don't take it too seriously. Yeah. But that's it for this week. Uh, yes. Next week we'll be back with another Star Trek episode. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Keep your head up and uh, keep your heart, heart up. Your mm-hmm. hopes up. What? <laughs> Things are getting depressing. I'm trying to tell people to be... Well, that's why I picked this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Eric. This is Megan. And thank you for joining us and we'll see you again later. Yeah. Bye. Bye.